Well, universe, I've been looking forward to this one. I can't believe I didn't record yesterday, given how much material you provided me to work with. And honestly, I'm sure at this point I'm going to forego some of yesterday's, oh, what shall we say? Um, it's clear that if you have a guilty pleasure in comedy universe, it is Gallagher. Because your sense of humor is right up there with watching people get splattered with watermelon. And uh, <clears throat> I'll admit, whenever I am accusing you of being the purveyor of all that is shenanigan-oriented, well, I do play my part. I do. I mean, I had no business leaving yesterday at 5.46 when I was ready to leave at 5.35. So that's my fault. But everything that happened after that, <laughs> I mean, seriously. So, yeah, that's, what, what's weird is the 11 minutes between, and frankly, it was 534, so it was 12 minutes. Because I know exactly when I looked at my phone and thought, oh, well, I don't have to leave for six more minutes. Actually, I said five in my head, which was true. I do try to leave at 539 or earlier. But yesterday, that included trying to find uh, my better mittens because my hands had been frozen at work doing a variety of tasks that involved getting wet outside. No, I'm sorry, doing one task, watering plants. Uh, but when you have frostbite and it's below 40 and your hands are wet, that's bad. Anyway, so... Having found those, then having found the change that I couldn't find before, but then having dropped the change all over the floor, then picking... At any rate, stumbled my way through an 11-minute charade of, oh my god, is it really that time I have to go? And the bike um, has been mostly performing okay, but I have no way to really press it, because anytime I press it, is when it tends to give, and when it gives, I can really hurt myself. As a matter of fact, the bruise I have on my inner thigh right now from one of these episodes, I don't even know if I've had a worse bruise in my life. I've had more bruises from this bicycle than I've had in the rest of my life. And that's like, I guess, count of four now. But why am I telling this part? I don't care. When I left, I realized that I had to basically give full energy to get there on time, without uh, mishap, and started cycling that pace from the get-go. And halfway to the, <laughs> halfway to work on a corner that I have never taken before, but I took it this morning because I wanted the extra um, route uh, gained by uh, climbing this hill at this point, be, while I still knew I had energy, I was trying to get as much of the work in while I knew I was still motivated to bust my ass before I lost all motivation and started walking, which I really didn't think would happen. And I knew if I busted my ass, I would be clocking in right on time, if not a minute or two early. So when in climbing the last hill, and then starting the descent, I felt my pedal lock up. I had no idea what had happened because this is something I'd never experienced before. 
Well, what had happened is my shoelace had come untied and had somehow cinched itself into the pedal, uh, uh, I, between the pedal and the actual uh, pedal fork. I don't know what you call that. It's got to be the, um, who cares, where your pedal hooks up to your, uh, your chain, all of that mechanism. My shoelace is spun up inside of that. So I'm locked up, but going downhill, it really doesn't matter because at this point I'm coasting anyway. So the next time I stop, I fix this by getting my shoelace out of my pedal and then retying my shoe. Well, another hundred yards down the road, what happens but my bike literally locks up and to the point that I crash into a fence. And it's a chain link fence, fortunately, so it was high enough that I don't really fall. I just bang into this fence significantly to the point, let's see, I have one, two, three, four scabs on my left arm and uh, two on my left knee and one on my right shin from hitting the fence. And uh, I hit it pretty hard. Like it was a good, ooh, you know, one of those wind knocked out of you jolts because what had happened is that the newly tied shoelace had gotten caught between the chain and my derailleur and into the derailleur had spun up and locked up and bent the derailleur to the point the chain stopped immediately. And so did everything else. Except me. I went right into that freaking fence. So, <clears throat> this on the day that I've already decided, oh my God, I've got to get to work in the most efficient and swift manner or I'm going to be late. And here I am. Now I have to adjust. My derailleur is bent to the point I can't move the... I have to, I have to fix what is essentially a bike accident in 30 seconds and then somehow morph forward in time or back in time or some sort of time. I mean, at this point, I don't think there's any way I can be on time, but I still do everything I can to sprint my ass all the way to work, which from here forward is basically all uphill. And uh, so by the time I get there, having spent, I don't know, 90 seconds to two minutes fixing the bike, which is what it takes in, a, in one plus another repair to make sure that uh, I can stay in this one gear and get to work. When I get to the parking lot and the light into the parking lot is turning yellow as I have just enough energy to push myself through what I know are cars that are coming at full speed because the light's time. So I'm barely clearing the intersection to get into work as cars are coming past me at 30 miles an hour, 35 miles an hour. And I get to the center of the parking lot. The door is maybe 40 yards away and I can't go any further. Like I'm literally exhausted. <laughs> so I get off my bike and I go to like where the cart stand is, prop my bike against it and just lean into the cart stand and start panting because I need to recover my breath. Like I'm so, I'm so thoroughly spent on sprint energy that I think, am I really going to die because I sprinted to work? Am I going to have a heart attack in the fucking Home Depot parking lot right now? Like my heart is going, brrr, 
<laughs> just like, oh, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. And, uh, and the funny thing is, my manager, store manager, he's, uh, he's walking in and, uh, and sees me and comes over and is like, hey, do you need help? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sure. I'm either going to die here or you're going to be embarrassed that you asked. Uh, well, it turned out I was fine. I just hadn't sprinted five miles in a long time on a bike, at least not with a bike accident thrown in that literally put blood on my clothing and uh, my manager in concern for my life and frankly gave me one of those scares of this would be the dumbest way. I mean, of all the ways, this would be the dumbest way. I was sprinting to work on my bicycle Got in a car and a wreck against the fence because my shoelace was uh, improperly tied to secure it away from the chain. So then, after securing the bike back into just barely working order, clickety clackety clickety clackety, to race all the way to my job to have a heart attack in the parking lot and die. Yep. I mean, of all the things on my list that are ways I don't want to die, that's probably number one. So, thank you, Lord, for not fulfilling that unfortunate, oh my God, moment. But that's just the beginning of what happens yesterday, right? Oh, and, and ironically, I misused ironically in the last one, and I almost just did it again. I stopped myself so it doesn't count. That's not ironic. Not, neither was yesterday's reference, or two days now. It doesn't matter. I hate when I misuse ironic because it means I'm tired. But I spend maybe 45 seconds to a minute and a half in the parking lot be getting enough composure that I can walk in the door while furiously panting as if nobody will notice that I'm going, yeah, it's good to see you. Oh, just got her. Uh, yeah. And uh, when I go to park my bike inside and go over to the clock, figuring at this point it must be three, four minutes late. Well, what do you know? I watched the clock go from 6.07 to 6.08. And that's the timeline on which I'm late. So, watermelon splattering all over me. Ha <laughs> ha, universe. Funny. I mean, funny. You weren't going to let me get through late for work again without being late for work once, were you? Because everything that had to happen yesterday for me to watch the clock go from 6.07 to 6.08 as I was punching in, literally made me laugh out loud at the clock to the point that the three people in the break room wondered what could be so funny about the clock. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So that's whatever. That's exactly what I deserve because my track record's not good enough to be perfect. I'll take this. I'll take this lesson in a don't forget that you don't get to dilly-dally around. Being on time is a matter of being focused and being purposeful. And yesterday morning, I was neither. So, touche, universe. But, my one second late performance of signing in at 6.08, well, the, uh, the mittens that I wear to offset uh, frostbite I was wearing because the morning before was so frigid that I started to get frostbite again. And frostbite activates in the wrong conditions. That's all. You just get the, 
you get the pain in your fingers and then you get the numbness, then you get the real pain and you got to offset the, the real pain immediately or it gets worse. <laughs> and uh, once you feel the pain and the numbness, you can go in and counteract it right there and manage it pretty well, which is what I was doing. But that means I was inside three times putting my hands under hot water. And you're not really supposed to do that, but I do that because I've learned to be able to take it correctly. Because this is something I've had to manage for five years now. Do not get frostbite. Do not get it. It's the worst uh, recurrent stupid energy or injury you can get because you control 90% of the time whether or not you get frostbite. Okay, with that little saying, uh, that's why I was so happy to have my outdoor research gauntlet mittens that are waterproof and insulated to the point of a furnace. They are the one thing that I can use to make sure that in rainy cold conditions, my hands don't succumb to frostbite. Well, having not had those with me the day before, I brought them this day. Now this day, did I need them? I definitely needed them for the first hour, so that was good, but I didn't really need them after that, as proven by the fact that I put them in the back of some woman's SUV who was loading up 10 bags of soil. Some 60-year-old lady had, and it wasn't an SUV, it was a minivan, she had some Dodge Caravan. She was loading soil into the back, and I'm watering out there feeling sorry for her because someone should have been helping her. So I ran across the parking lot to help her out, took off my gauntlet gloves, stuck them in her car so that they wouldn't be placed on someone else's car, which was the only other option I saw other than on the ground where I thought, no, I'll just forget them there. So doing this intentionally, thinking I can't miss them when I put them right where I'm working... Well, of course I left them in her car. <laughs> yeah. And so far she hasn't returned them. But I assume she will. I mean, come on, universe. I don't deserve to lose those. Those work. They're useful. And I have nothing to replace them. And I can't afford $200 to buy another pair. So, help me out on that one. Even though you've already helped me out in a way that I didn't deserve, and I can't freaking believe happened. Which makes me think maybe the reemergence of Lily is a bad omen, which I hate to think. But, you know, shit is what it is, right? Point is, the <laughs> episode in between the accident against the fence, the signing in one second late, and the uh, moment of of my uh, my one and only defense for uh, wet, cold weather against uh, frostbite that I know of disappearing. Well, I get a random text. Well, first, no. First, I get a phone call. And the phone call is from a number I don't recognize. So I'll just assume it's the wrong number and put it back in my pocket like everybody else. And uh, then I get notification of a message. So I'm like, oh God, who is this? And then within seconds of the message comes the notification of a text from the same number. Now, I feel all this going on in my pocket. I'm not really checking it because it, nobody texts me with anything important. This is just, this whatever this is, it's probably some um, offer to renew a warranty on a vehicle I no longer own. So, <clears throat> point is, 
until probably half an hour later, I don't even look at my phone. But when I eventually am doing something that frees my hands up to reach in my pocket and check, there's a text message from a guy named Adam. Hang on, I'm going to read the message. It says... Sorry for this, I should have thought of this earlier. But I don't think of stuff like this. Most people don't, especially me. Hi, John, this is Adam. It appears I found items of yours. Give me a call. At which point I think, huh, well, I mean, it doesn't take any deductive reasoning. It doesn't take any inductive reasoning. It doesn't take reasoning. It doesn't take anything other than he calls me. He texts me, I don't know him, so he knows me because he has my ID. Oh, if he has my ID, he has my wallet. Oh, which means he has everything. Oh my God. Well, guess what I left at the scene of the accident? Yep, drop my wallet. So, what happens? At 7.37 a.m., some guy named Adam goes through the trouble of figuring out who I am, how to get a hold of me, gets a hold of me, and tells me he's got my wallet and is ready to uh, meet whenever it I, is convenient after I'm getting off work at 10. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I didn't even know it was missing. Adam informs me that I lost my wallet. <sighs> I just, I, so of course, I'm sure you took my, my mittens as, as more watermelon splatter, but uh, it, it's so weird when you have days where your karma is so skewed toward both extremes that you keep having things way in your favor as you're doing things way against yourself. Gemini. I, and so the day gets better. Well, I mean, when I, when I said the store was in trouble, they were, but the amount of rally that occurred in the final week is shocking. And I've seen it happen many times. So I'm, I'm well aware of what standard they started with versus the one they met, they measured out at. And, and honestly, they not only got well, they not only got a good grade, they got a great grade. Not the let's show the universe how good this store looks grade, but the kind of almost stunned reaction from the point they started with because people knew where they started with. I'm pretty sure the gauntlet had come ready to be launched. And having absolutely no reason to launch it stunned, I think, even the critics. <laughs> because the amount of jovial, um, good-natured uh, interaction that started from second one all the way till I left, and I didn't see all of it, but I saw a lot of it because they started out in the garden department where I was safely watering. My point is, it was... <laughs> In some ways, a little bit of a miracle for that store to have gotten to the point it got. And that just means that there were more than me throwing 
extra time at the things that mattered most because they didn't get to where they got without a whole lot of people picking up some momentum. So, yay. Yay, because you know what that does? It makes everybody easier to work with. But, <laughs> uh, in typical, yeah, but fashion, the thing is, it it's if you get the system set, now you just got to maintain it. So the commitment now is to follow the system. No more gaps, no more compromises, no more letting it slide. Let's make it work so it doesn't turn into a clusterfuck by Christmas. But that I've never seen. I've seen stores get into back to ground zero, but I've never seen them maintain it for more than a season. So we'll see what it looks like in November. But hooray and hip hip hooray for everybody involved. I couldn't believe it. I walked through the store expecting to think I should probably be ready to tell them that the watering can wait until at least all this gets done. But no. No. So, uh, I mean, holy shit, to be honest. Holy shit. And hopefully I'm, I've underestimated all of the commitment that's there because it, it certainly revealed itself more than I could have ever imagined. So that was awesome. And then when I meet the guy who finds my wallet, turns out he's awesome, of course. Uh, and the, the rest of the day was spent doing things in the yard, being productive with things in the kitchen, all this other stuff that I've been letting slack. Well, I don't know if I've been letting it slack. Because honestly, I've been doing a lot of work on it. So, uh, I mean, speaking of ground zero, like my systems are almost to ground zero. But I've been going along the way, refining, especially the broken ones. So there's things to do, though, still. Because the woman who I've been trying to get feedback on this entire enterprise since week two is free tonight to meet. So we're finally going to meet. And talk about some shit. And that, I think, is going... Well, I don't know. I'm not saying jack shit about that, because that is nothing but jinx material. All right. And, ah, oh, there's so much I'm forgetting. I know there is. But I have to end on a down note, because <clears throat> the friend is a friend from the supermarket romp, and uh, she's... Uh, She's still there. That's actually how I saw her because buying this chocolate milk. Mm. She was working. And uh, scarcity on the grocery shelves, I think, is the true uh, next reality that we're all going to face. And I don't know that this is a, even a revelation. It's completely not. And there are many people way, well ahead of this prediction. And this isn't even a prediction. We've been living with it for two years. I'm just saying it's here to stay. And I'm saying it's going to get worse. And not only is it going to get worse, but food prices are going to skyrocket to the point that it's ridiculous. Because this will be the first year that we won't have enough of a harvest to feed the world. So, <clears throat> when that occurs, 
when that reality sets in and when those true shortages start to show up where people are hungry, I believe that will be the kind of social unrest that is the end of what we know to be our current agreement of civilized society. To what degree that disintegrates, I'm not willing to even think yet because I don't know that we can't have options ready and willing to be substituted for chaos so long as we identify what's coming. Now, that may be way too rosy an outlook, but there is a major problem with the production of food on this planet that we are not facing at all. And that, plus the climate upheaval that is inherent in the migration of our magnetic field and the sun's natural activity, are causing the circumstances in which cataclysmic, devastating, humanity-wide impact events are imminent. And this isn't what I want to talk to, to Banana about tonight. But I had to get it out because I fear now more than ever those who are in charge are not go-lucky bumfuckery dumbfucks. Nope. They're manipulators. They are cleverly covering the cataclysmic clockwork that they've known about for some time. My guess is forever. And I get that we're facing a situation that can't be overcome and is going to cause enormous loss. Okay, why couldn't we have had this moment brought to us in a sober and honest and reflective reality? Are we not capable of that? I don't believe that. I just don't. And I don't believe that we can't do something as a species to rise to this occasion and save and persist with the sort of fortitude that when you really press, how much do you cling to the life that you have? It's because somewhere deep down, you know how much you want it to be the life it can be. I don't want to die. It's a phrase uttered in every culture across time, across universes. Because this experience offers so much when maxed out. And that includes against every onslaught that's out there to be had because we've overcome them all to this point but we don't do our best if only some of us are involved in the solution the rest of us aren't here just to suffer 
In fact, I think the rest of us are the only thing that can stop the suffering.